Welcome to New Life. I'm Pastor David Kufal, and we're so glad that you can join us um, as we um, look to the Word of God today. I want to talk about you are secure in Jesus. You are secure in Jesus. And you're going to need to turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy 1, and we're going to be looking at 6 through 12. Um, first Tim- 2 Timothy 1, 6 through through 12 and I want to talk to you again that you are secure in Jesus so why are you fearful why are you having anxiety if you are secure in Jesus turn it over to him did you hear me Eve why be so fearful right did you hear me Bodie why be so fearful? He will keep you by His grace. Do you not know that Jesus hides you in the cleft of His hand? Come on. It's like being safe in the ark. The only way you can remove yourself from the hand of Jesus is if you go ahead and jump out. The only way Noah would have gotten out of the ark before the Lord told him to open the door is if he punched a hole in the side and let the water in. Right? So as long as we're in the Lord, covered in His blood, we are secure in Him. So again, we're going to focus on the harvest and our own personal responsibility. Everybody here has a responsibility for the harvest. The honor that God has given us to you and to me to represent Him here in the world What an honor. What a joy to know God sees us as worthy. Hallelujah. Amen. How to to see us as worthy of Him. I'm going to, let's read um, 2 Timothy. And we're going to read through the text here that we're going to cover today. Verse 6 says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Therefore, the Bible says, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of me, his prisoner. Doesn't that sound good? Don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or me, his prisoner, the Bible is saying. But share with me in the sufferings of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason I also suffer these things, Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. 
Can you say amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank You and I praise You for this Word today. And I thank You for Your anointing. And I thank You, Lord, for touching all those who are hearing this sermon today. Be it here at our campus at 1021 South Center Street in Wapiton, here at New Life, Lord, or there in their homes um, via YouTube or Facebook Live, um, even Twitter, Lord. And we just praise You. And our podcast friends who come and join us each and every week. We praise You and thank You for all of us together who are hearing Your Word, Lord. Lift us up. Show us, Lord, we have nothing to be afraid of. Show us, Lord, that we are secure in You no matter what because You always take care of us. We love You, Lord, and we praise You. In Jesus' name, Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Am I sideways? I, no, no. I'm, I'm fine. We, we got new stuff. We figured it out. And I got to say thank you, Jeff Dunham, for telling us that we can use our phones and landscape ourselves. And so praise. Do, do you see me now? And do you see me now? Oh, praise the Lord. I have more. I can move around a little bit more. Uh, just a little bit. But um, before I could only do this. Okay, and um, I just learned from Judge. And so I have to think, because I wasn't figuring it out, I called up Corey and said, guess what? And she said, what now? She really did. Um, Jeff Dunham says, we can go landscape on Facebook with our phones. What? You just got to figure it out. He just said it takes a little while to figure it out. Took him a while to figure it out because he had two phones going, one for YouTube and one for Facebook Live. And so Facebook Live is done different than YouTube and blah, 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 blah. And so, um, but it was just nice to know. And you're going, you're getting advice from Jess Dunham. You know what? I'll take advice from people who know what they're doing all the time. And uh, um, when he, so praise the Lord. Now, oh. <sighs> we're having so much. That must have been an angel telling me to move on. Okay, let's go on. <laughs> So, verse 12 again says, For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. You know, Paul is saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel or my chains. You see, 2 Timothy Paul's in prison. Second Timothy, <clears throat> Paul is waiting for execution. Any day now, he could have his head lopped off by Nero. That, that was the only way you could execute a Roman citizen. You could not put him on a cross. You had to lop their heads off. You didn't take them to the games and feed them to the lions. That was for the peasants. That was for the non-citizens. <clears throat> that was for the slaves. But because Roman, Paul was a Roman citizen, he was, offer, he was offered a choice. You can fall on a dagger, which would be suicide, and Paul would say no. So they lopped off his head. And we know from history his head was lopped off. And so, um, but you know what? Paul wasn't afraid. 
He wasn't ashamed of his chains. He wasn't ashamed of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. He completely continued preaching it. 2 Timothy is his last will and testimony. And he's sending it to his beloved son in the faith, Timothy, whom he just loved like his own. And so, um, you know, Timothy's dad passed away. And so Paul became a second father to him. Isn't it wonderful to have fathers and mothers in the Lord that love us and care about us? Paul is saying here, the reason I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the reason I'm not ashamed of my chains, the reason why I'm not in fear of going to the executioner block is I know who my faith is in. Our brothers and sisters in China know who their faith, faith is in when the executioner walks up behind them with a gun to their back of their head. Our brothers and sisters, when ISIS was running around, when they stood behind them with a knife to their throat, didn't fear. Drove those terrorists nuts because they knew who their faith was in. They knew that Jesus had them secure. And in the next moment, they would be with Jesus. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? I know that I know that I know whom I have believed in, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus <clears throat> will never let you down. He always keeps His Word. He proved that at the cross and in His resurrection. Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to Me. So why don't we lift up Jesus more? Isn't it important to get people saved? Aren't we supposed to fulfill the Great Commission? And wouldn't it be great if we were the generation that could fulfill and finish the Great Commission in our lifetime? Listen, if you don't care about the Great Commission, you're going to have to stand before Jesus and tell Him why you didn't care that souls got saved. There's this new thing going around in some of these new churches that are springing up that um, teaching other doctrines uh, and, and they're going around saying it's selfish to tell people about Jesus Christ. It's selfish about getting them saved. Don't you know that you're just acting like a colonialist? Don't you know social justice says you shouldn't be trying to do that? Wait a second. My Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And what did Jesus say before He went home to heaven? Go into the world and preach the Gospel to every creature. So why shouldn't we focus on that? So if you, if you hear somebody and you tune into a podcast telling you it's a selfish thing, run away from them. They're not teaching you the truth. They might wrap it. Don't you know that the devil comes as an angel of light and he tries to fool you uh, with Jesus' words? Don't you know that there's wolves in sheep's clothing that are running around today trying to say that they're children of God, but they're not? And be careful of the words we use. I don't like using the term social justice. I, I, I love all you folks. I like talking about God's justice. Why? Because God's justice goes beyond social justice. God's justice sets people free. Social justice that they're talking about today is actually limiting people. Actually turning people against each other. 
That's not what God wants. He wants to bring us together as brothers and sisters in the Lord. He wants. That's why I like talking about God's justice. And that's what we should be talking about. When we're talking about Mr. Floyd being killed in the streets of Minneapolis, we should be talking about God's justice because God was not pleased. Amen? It didn't matter what color skin Mr. Floyd had. God was not pleased that that cop put his knee on his neck until he died. God was not pleased at all. He was not happy about that. Don't you think God grieved along with the rest of us? Now, are there bad cops out there doing bad things? Yes. That's why we need reform. I believe that if Minnesota would actually... Minnesota should have led the way. We've had case after case after case in Minnesota. I live in Minnesota, so I can talk about it. But we've had too many cases. And Minnesota should have changed the way we educate the police. I like what they do in Germany. In the United States, we go ahead and after nine months, we graduate our police officers from basic training. We graduate them. They're done. They go out and they become cops. Well, they've learned how to shoot their guns well. They've learned how to um, defend themselves. They've learned how to, you know, they've learned all their judo and all the other stuff that they need to know, right? Well, all that is defense, right? All that is using um, having to use violence when you need to. Well, let's think about that. In Germany, before you can graduate from the police academy, you have to be there for two years of training. Two years of training. And when you come out of the police academy in Germany, you come out with a bachelor's degree. Nine months, two years. And two years of training is not full of a lot of fluff like a lot of our liberal arts colleges make the kids go through so they can charge them more and keep them in school longer. I'm with Senator Rubio. We need to change the focus of our colleges because they are way too expensive. He said, let's train our people in what they're going to school for. Now, there's certain things that's good. It's good to have people learn literature. It's good about, but when you're going so beyond ridiculous stuff that wastes kids' money. I'm tired of students coming out of college owing $100,000 because they wanted to do something great with their lives. Now they, get, they graduate and nobody starts a job at the top. You always start at the bottom. And you know what? When you start at the bottom, you don't get paid as much as the person up at the top. And it takes years to get there. Ask any teacher. A lot of teachers start at $18,000 a year. And they're supposed to pay off their school loans. Thank God that we have a program in the United States if you took out the right school loans, as soon as you become a teacher and you, and you, you go ahead and, and you get tenured, um, you just call up the... The school loan people said, guess what? I'm a school teacher, and I've been tenured, and guess what they do? They forgive the whole school loan. That way we could get more teachers in school. But we don't do that for other people. And I'm tired of kids getting that far in debt that they can't go ahead and do what God has called them to do easily. They've got to have another job on top of their job just to pay their school loan. And some people, a school loan has become another family member. 
we got to come up with a way to get to our school loans. And I don't want to see school loans all forgiven. Don't, don't say that I was saying that. If we, I went to school, I'm paying on my loans, but I think there should be another way of making sure that they can get paid. And so, um, and, and it should be able, they need to be paid back. We can't afford to just forgive them. Um, look at our deficit now. And it's going up after this week, I believe. We're all supposed to be getting another $1,200 check in the mail or deposited in your account. And so, um, but where's the money coming from? All they're doing is, there's nothing behind it. They're just printing it. And right now our oil is down. If oil is down, guess what? Our dollars are based on oil. And you're saying, oh no, it's not, Pastor. Yes, it is, because the whole world pays for oil in U.S. dollars. And if they're not buying oil, guess what? Our dollars aren't worth enough, a lot. Anyway, Jesus keeps his word. Think about it. Does he keep his word? Yes. What did he say? I'm going to die on the cross. And not, not very oh, P Peter says, oh, Lord, don't talk like that. And P Jesus said to him, Peter, get behind me. And in fact, he was so annoyed with Peter. He says, get behind me, Satan. You know, but Jesus also said, I'm going to be raised up in three days, right? He even talked about the temple. He says, you see all these wonderful, the temple here and how proud you guys are of the temple. He says, in three days, you're going to see the temple brought, brought down, destroyed. He was big building that quickly, you know, he was talking about himself and he kept his word. All we have to do is just believe. Second Timothy um, 1 here, verse 6 through 7 says, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and of love and a sound mind. Paul gives us the answer to fear here. Listen to me. If you've been <clears throat> having anxiety, if you've been having fear in your life, God, Paul gives us through the Holy Spirit, the answer to fear. It is, stir up the gift of God which is in you. The first gift of God you have if you're saved is Jesus. Stir Him up in your life. The next gift of God He gives us is the Holy Spirit. Stir it up. Paul is telling young Timothy and us as well to look to the call that is upon your life. That call of God. Everybody who is sitting here, everybody who is listening to me has been called by God to do something. He didn't call us to be lumps in the pew. He didn't call us just to sit on our couch. He didn't just call us to lay in our beds. He has called us to do something extraordinary in this life. And all you have to do is say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he might say, have a prayer meeting at your house every Monday. Well, I do that. Well, that's a gift I've called you to do. Well, I don't have many people come to that. So what? You're praying. How many people have you been affected by those prayers? Right? Do something for the Lord. Stir up that gift. If he's called you to share um, your testimony with your neighbors, then do it. And if he calls you to a certain job, do it with all of your heart. Give your best to the Lord. And then, 
stirring up this gift means to rely on the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. The Holy Spirit was given to us so we would have boldness. Now, boldness is the opposite of fear, is it not? Come on, let's get bold for the Lord. We tried some new barbecue chips last night. Ooh, sweet honey and whatever it's called. It was sweet honey barbecue with a boldness to it. And I'm telling you, they were good. It, it, it was so good we came up with a new recipe. We're going to make barbecue sandwiches and put those chips on top. Right at the end, you put the chips on top so they'll be crunchy because, ooh, that'll make those barbecue sandwiches so much better. Oh, now I want to have a picnic here at church. We haven't been able to break bread with each other. Next, he says, God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Oh, so this is the next rule for not allowing fear to rule our lives. God did not give us a spirit of fear. This is referring to a dispensation of the mind. God deals with us through our hearts. The devil deals with us through our minds. Jesus casts out all fear because perfect love casts out fear, the Bible teaches us. The devil likes to keep us in fear um, so that we don't walk by faith. So this is referring, this spirit of fear is referring to the dispensation of the mind. The, the apostle is telling the young evangelists and us not to give in to fear. Not to fear. Come on. Are you hearing me? You see, Satan's had all these years to lie to you since you were way high to a grasshopper. He high to a grasshopper. And he's been lying to you for years. He's told you you're not pretty enough. He's told you you're not smart enough. He's told you that, oh, you can't do it because you've got a handicap. He's told you that, oh, man, you're too awkward. Oh, he's told you all sorts of lies. But when God looks at you, he doesn't see you as any of those things. Don't you know, ladies, that when he sees you, he sees you as his beautiful daughter? Because when you ask Jesus in your heart, you, he becomes your heavenly father. And don't you know, ladies, that he sees you as beautiful? Do you, not, do you think that, my word, God can take an awkward person and use them? Have you not seen awkward people used for Jesus? Come on. Nobody has to be perfect to be used by God. Nobody has to have every perfect attribute to be used of the Lord. Stop listening to the devil. Tell him to get behind you. Tell him where to go. Tell him to get off. Every time you have that ache and pain, tell, him, tell the devil where to go. Rebuke the pain. Say thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. At least I know I'm alive. Huh? My word, I, got, I don't tell you about all the aches and pains I've had since I've gotten diabetes. It's ridiculous. And, and, I, and, and I've gotten to the point where it says, Lorea, look at me like, oh, what's wrong? It doesn't matter. Yes, it does. What's wrong? It's the same old, same old. I'm not going to complain about it because what good has it done for me? It's complaining, has, has it stopped it? No. So 
So all I can do is say, praise you, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Listen, if you can avoid getting diabetes, do it. Do it. You don't need it. You can turn it off. You can told you're pre-diabetic, change your eating habits. Don't get it. You don't want it. It comes with side effects you don't want. Well, all you have to do is take a pill or take a shot. Blah, blah, blah. No, it's not. There's a lot more that goes with it. If most people knew the side effects that come with diabetes, you would do everything you could do not to have it. And everybody who's in the church here and who has diabetes knows what I'm talking about, right? So maybe it's just me. Look at what God did give us. Oh, I wish the screen was working this morning. Look at what God did give us. The first thing He gave you was power. This could be said the spirit of power that comes from the Holy Spirit. He gave us, secondly, love. Again, comes or given to us by the Holy Spirit. So use that power He's given you. Use that love. I'll tell you what you use more. If you use more love, He'll give you more power. Come on. And lastly, He says, I've given you a sound mind. So why do you call yourself a dummy? Stop speaking words that are negative about yourself. He's given us a sound mind. This, and by the way, this goes beyond that. This sound mind, this is the spirit of self-control. Spirit of self-control. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit. All made possible by the Holy Spirit, who demands that we ever keep our faith in Jesus and the cross. That work that He did for you. Self-control is what this nation lacks right now. Can we say amen to that? I mean, just go on. I'm not going to pick on the people in the world who are burning cities down and doing all that stuff. We all know that's not self-control. But go on Facebook. Just, just come on. You're watching me on Facebook. Go on there. Go to a Christian site and see how many people don't have self-control and they just lob bombs at each other. My word. Of course, there's a, there's a site out there that's on Facebook. If you see a group called I Love the Bible, don't join it. I, re I really believe it's a, um, it's a group that's run by the DNC or it's a Russian bot. It's a Russian robot that's doing it. Trying to affect the, the, the election coming up. It is the most ridiculous thing. And, and I just have fun there. And, and, and so I just have a little fun there and um, I'll tell you after we're done with the broadcast what I do. And so, um, because there's no need getting anybody triggered and upset with me because there's nothing to it. I'm just having fun, right? But if, if you can avoid that group, avoid it because there's other good groups out there to join. There's, peop there's groups out there that will actually pray for you when you ask for prayer. You know, I, I've been doing a lot of prayer on Facebook. I go along, I don't I even know the person. Will you please pray for my uncle? And I'll just and I can feel the spirit of God coming. And I just start praying for them. And it's so wonderful. And you know one of the groups I do that a lot with is Last Man Standing. 
It's amazing um, how many Christians are there and they actually ask for prayer and we pray for each other. And that's a secular group. That's not even a Christian group. I mean, you can find Christians all over the place. And as Christians, we should be positive and we should so show self-control. Amen? Live in the knowledge of God's grace. Eight, verse 8 says, take, take your share in the Gospel. Verse 8. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor me, His prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings of the Gospel according to the power of God. Oh, the Christian, instead of being ashamed of his profession of faith. You know, what, you know what that means? That means when you have an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus, you don't do it. You know what Jesus said? If you are ashamed of me before man, I'm going to be ashamed of you before my Father. In other words, I'm not going to claim you. Come on. Because you're not claiming the Lord. Think about that. The Christian, instead of being ashamed of his profession of faith, must before the world show fearlessly that <clears throat> its hopes, its, our hopes and our promises in Jesus Christ are our most precious treasure. Do you get that? Is Jesus your most precious treasure? treasure is the fact that you are saved your most precious treasure he should be more precious to us than our children and 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 you know i got five and i love them all but jesus should be more precious to us than our kids than your riches than your diploma that you're working towards right your pets your house he should be so precious to you that you can't wait to tell everybody about him. Some of you, um, sometimes I think that uh, is our video games more precious to us than our Savior? A few years ago, I had people running around church in the property here catching Pokemon things. And they were so excited about Pokemon more than they were about Jesus. And it's okay to play video games and have fun. My word, I love being around the teenagers and the kids. But our most precious treasure should be Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Again, at the writing of 2 Timothy, Paul was being held in a Roman prison and he in no way considered himself a prisoner of Nero. He considered of himself as a prisoner of the Lord. Being a prisoner of the Lord is not a half bad thing. When Paul writes, but share with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God actually means to take one's share of the ill treatment which will always be accompanied by the power of God which gives us grace to stand the test. Jesus warned us. He says, you know what? If they hate you, it's okay because they first hated me. That's what he said. Paul says these sufferings are shut for a short time. You can't find anywhere in the Bible that in the New Testament, especially in Paul's writings, that we're going to avoid sufferings. 
but their glory, the glory that's awaiting us, will be worth it all. For me to die is gain. For me to, for me to live in Christ, but to die is gain. Wow. Let's live in Jesus. Let's get excited about Him. Salvation is by grace through faith, not of works. Verse 9 says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own power and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. We are saved because of what Jesus did at the cross. That one act brought salvation to the world. And all we have to do is accept what Jesus did for us, repent of our sins, for they put Him on that cross, believe that He rose from the grave. That's all you have to do. Will you ask Jesus into your heart today? He is calling to you today. And He makes it so easy to be saved. All you have to do is believe. The cross of Christ is the very first doctrine. Did you know that? The cross of Christ is the very first doctrine of the Bible. Actually foreordained before the foundations of the world. Consequently, every true doctrine is built upon the foundation of the cross or else it is not true. Do you get that? And yet we have churches today that are afraid to preach the blood of Jesus because it might offend somebody. They won't have a cross displayed in their church building because that's so old-fashioned. Folks, how did we get saved if it wasn't for the cross of Christ? Jesus dying for us. And by the way, if you truly want to be sanctified, get back to the cross and say, Lord, You are Lord of my life and thank You that You said it is finished. I give You all my problems. I give You all my grief. I give You all my pain. I give You all my nonsense. I give you all my addictions because you already carried them at the cross for me. And you said, it is finished. And I'm here to claim that today. It is finished in my life. And Lord, you are Lord of my life. Have you ever surrendered all the way, all the way and said, Lord, you are Lord? Have you made Him truly Lord of your life? Everything is wrapped up in Jesus and what He did for us on the cross. Verse 10 says, but, was now, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to life through the Gospel. Don't you remember that the wages of sin is death? Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. Uh, is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh my words, if the wages of sin is death, repent of them today. <laughs> Say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. 
forgive me. Thank You that You died on the cross for me. That You carried all those sins for me. All my sins on the cross. And You said it's finished. And Lord, You want to set me free from sin. Lord, I surrender my life to You today. Come into my heart. That's all you have to do. Get saved. And Christian, if you haven't asked made the Lord the Lord of your life, just say, Lord, become my Lord. Fill me again with more of You. So understand that when Jesus atoned for all sin on the cross, this removed the means of death, meaning the spiritual death that we all deserved. Deserve. But understand, you must ask Jesus into your heart. The Gospel is the cross which made life and immortality possible. And we will see its total fulfillment in the coming resurrection. And folks, some of you are looking, say, well, is the coming resurrection, is that the rapture? Yep. Yep. Because what's happening? Right? The dead in Christ will rise first. Isn't that not a resurrection? We just came up with a fancier word. Rapture. My word. When that resurrection happens, aren't we going to be enraptured? Come on. How happy are you going to be, Hal? Right? We're not going to be going up to heaven looking like we're sucking on lemons. No! My word! Miss Persimmons is going to all of a sudden become Sister Joyous because she's going to be enraptured. That's why we talk about the rapture of the church. That catching away, that second resurrection we were all looking forward to and I believe that's the nickname Nick's big event on the calendar. The rapture of the church. So let us spread the good news that will set people free from their fears. Verse 11 says, To which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. Let me ask you a question. Will you accept your appointment? Come on. Will you accept your appointment? What God wants to do with your life? Let us spread the good news that will set people free from their fears. Let us share with them that through Christ Jesus, they don't even have to fear death. Jesus died for all people of the world. And Jesus, He rose victoriously. So, if He rose victoriously, hmm, let us live victoriously in Christ Jesus. Okay, I feel like somebody needs this word. If Jesus rose victoriously and we should be living victoriously, why do we walk around like the weight of the world is upon our shoulders and we're all stressed out? Take it to the cross. Jesus carried it there. Give it to Him and say, Thank you, Jesus said, you carry let me ask you a question why are you carrying it why huh if Jesus already carried it why are you carrying it he already took care of it why do you want to keep it well why would any of us want to keep it give it to him He's carried it for you. And He said, what? 
it is finished. Take it to the foot of the cross and leave it there. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank You and we praise You for this Word this morning. We thank You, Lord, for everybody who's tuned in today and who are listening. And I ask You, Lord, that You would use us, Lord, Show us the plan You have for each and every one of our lives and the calling You have placed on each of us, Lord. That You could use us right where we are at. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for anybody who has not accepted You as Lord and Savior. I pray, Lord, today that they would just go ahead and fall on their knees and ask You into their hearts. I just thank You and I praise You for Your goodness to us. Thank You, Lord, that You carried all the weight of the world, all of our sin, all of our pain, all of our grief, all of our despair on the cross. And Lord, You said it is finished. Lord, I pray that each of us accepts what You've done for us. In Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. Thank You for joining us here at New Life. Uh, We look forward to seeing you Thursday. Um, on Facebook Live, that is. And um, if you're just watching us on YouTube, all you have to do is go to Facebook, put that forward slash, and it's WAP, WAP New Life. We shorten down, WAP it in down to WAP, W-A-H-P, and then put New Life, and it'll take you right to our church page. You can like our church page there and join us every Thursday night at um, 6.30. Um, see you then. We love you, and we're praying for you.